You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since before Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas was played all season long. Now dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we see you as we review Avatar The Way of Water. But before that, J.B., how are you and the family doing? Good. It's Christmas season and we had our very first Christmas pageant. Eddie. <gasps> oh, First big milestone. Pageant. Yeah, big milestone. I'll have to send you the video after this is done. Yes. I may have put it up on um, uh, as an unlisted video on YouTube. I'll send you that later on so you can uh, check it out. Um, but my, so it's my son's Christmas pageant for kindergarten. First time we've done it. And right before I was going to leave wor- work early to go to it. And I went up to my one of my team members who has four kids, one of which is in college. So he's been through it all. And I was like, Benji, do I need to bring an actual video camera with me to this thing? Or is my phone going to be enough? And he looked at me square in the eyes. and Without hesitation, he said, JB, I have never regretted bringing an actual video camera with me to any of my kids' things. I have never regretted it. And you should, you should. I was like, that's all I needed. That's what I needed to do. So I brought, you can't see it right here, but no, I brought. Let me guess. You ran out and you grabbed your grandpa's big VHS <laughs> with the bright light on the front Old of Ben's, it. Uh, that Grandpa he would ben. record at any and everything. I should have. I should have. But no, I grabbed my my digital SLR camera, put Ooh. on my mic, even had my monopod right Look there, ready to go. But I knew what was going to happen because this is a newer, newer to me camera that I traded some editing for um, this camera. It's like swap. And I only have one lens on it. It's 35 millimeter. And so it does fine for like closer up things, but it's not a zoom lens. So I had to shoot at 4K. <laughs> my kids think 4K because I knew I was going to zoom in <laughs> to where my son was in the, on, in the back row. Um, and this is the highest resolution Christmas pageant of all time. A hundred percent. But, and I knew James Cameron would be proud of it. Oh yeah. Oh, he would be over the moon for this. But the whole time I'm like, I know what's going to happen right here. I'm going to go, I'm going to film this. And the first thing I'm going to do when I leave is going to look up how much a zoom lens costs, a better zoom lens costs. Yeah. Yeah. Just so I can have that for the next one. And of course I've already got it on my gear list already on amazon like ready like okay how am i gonna save up the money to get it because i i now need this lens but the best part of yeah you've got one year i got i got a year till the next one but i'm sure there's gonna be other things we're gonna need this for we we need it we need it eddie but the best part of this whole this whole pageant i know most have been talking about me but now my son he so we we've been listening to these two songs that he he his group was a part of his class was a part of one was everybody, so it's just like a big group, and he just has to know the song. But one mm-hmm. of them was his classes one, and they had hand motion. So, so when yes. we were doing the singing one, he was like, don't make me do this, whatever. But when Your it child. came to the one with hand motions, Eddie, 
he was so on point. Every <gasps> last hand motion, this, this, ears, ears. I'm best, so though, proud. You got. I'm gonna send you the video because it's so good. But the the j- there's a section where there's like jazz hands, and he's just <laughs> stoically hand out. But he knew every single one of them down to a T. Where I was like, "This is new. This is new information. I didn't know about my son that he could do follow he those du- directions really well. Like it was like no questions asked. Hands going everywhere." First one to go down on his knee was it was fall on your knees. He was down there immediately. First one to pop back up, did all of it. It's precious. It's amazing. So I'm gonna send that to you. I I look forward to watching this. I uh yes, I'm I'm quite proud. I, I'm I'm a little shocked as well. He it it was it was just different. It's like you know when your kids do something that you've never seen them do before? Yes. It just kinda it kind of takes you back for a second. I was like, oh. Oh, you 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 just did all that. That and you and, and you're you, like you, looking at your wife, going, "Where is this coming from? Have you seen this? Is this you, new? Did did you Where's know it? he could do this? Did this you is, know this was possible? This is like brand new. Okay. Oh, oh, I guess this is what we're we we now know how to do this. Okay. It was it was special. So just wanted to share oh, that man. little bit with it. little bit with you. But enough about me. Enough about me, Eddie. I tasked you with an impossible task. Impossible. The impossible task was to come up with your top five favorite Christmas movies, not just what was on Disney Plus, which maybe that's where your head first went to. No, I said, we need to do a top five list to get people this last week. This is the last week of Christmas. Make sure they've covered all their bases. Make sure they've seen all the all the right ones and give them a like. So this will come out on Wednesday. They'll still have Wednesday through Sunday to get it all in there, but I didn't want to leave people hanging. I do have to say, so I originally thought that we were just covering like Christmas material on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. So I did have at least two things that are definitely not making this list, but I think like, Hey, if you're looking for something, I just want to toss these out here. May I, may I toss away? Yep. I was, I was waiting for your permission. Uh, um, permission. Okay. Uh, first of all, have you seen they did a new Christmas Mickey that is stop motion? No. It's really cute and clever. Like, nothing transformative, but it's like, oh, this is really cute, nostalgic. Hold up. This is really fun. No, I think I have. I think we, we it's like did. Mickey, yes. Mickey saves Christmas or something like that. that. Yes, we saw it and we were like, wait a minute. Have you ever seen... A stop motion no. Mickey? No, I've never yeah, seen it. Yeah. What? It's like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, but it's Mickey. Exactly. And so, no, it's great. Yeah, I don't know why I said no. Yes, this uh, like stopped us in our tracks. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and I'm like, wow, wow, this is really good. So, um, yeah, if you haven't watched that, I would really encourage you. Um, Mickey saves Christmas stop motion. I, it just came out at the beginning of the month. Um, the other thing that I was going to mention. Started off, I would say, a little slow, but we really grew to love it. And it actually just was announced that Disney is renewing it for season two. And that is the Santa Clauses. If you are a fan of the Santa Claus franchise, 
This is going to be right in your alley. Again, like nothing groundbreaking, transformative. But what we have found it to be really fun is like they, for the past six weeks, have been releasing a new episode every Wednesday. And it's just been like a really fun family thing to like watch an episode each week and like get excited for Christmas and everything. Plus, it's it's Tim Allen. It's like Tim Allen at his best. These like little quips off the side that are really witty and funny. We really enjoyed it. And um, apparently enough people did watch it and enjoy it that they went ahead and renewed it for season two already. So want to just throw those two things out there before we get going on our top five Christmas movies. I ranked these. Did you rank them? Yes, I did. All right. You want to start us off with number five? Yes. So for number five, I didn't so much choose this movie because it was my favorite, but because I had to choose one of these movies because I just love the story behind it the most. Like it's one, it's my favorite, one of my favorite Christmas stories. But what's funny is I don't have a favorite rendition of it. And what I'm talking about is a Christmas Carol. Ah, yeah. We just watched the Muppet one last night. So I, I love this story. I mm-hmm. feel like at times Scrooge has been my spirit animal, especially during Christmas time. <laughs> like I, there's just a lot of things that I, I connect with him on. Um, and um, it's a great reminder. It's a great, great story. And this is the first mm-hmm. year I've ever actually read the Dickens like Christmas Carol. Cool. So I I had to choose one of all of them. And I don't know that I am over the moon. There is. There is a right answer on this. There's the right answer to this. There is a right answer. And for me, I went back to my, almost all of these are from my childhood, except for one. Um, I went nostalgia on all of this. I didn't try to do like, what is the best overall one? And the the one for me that I always come back to that I've watched more than any other ones is Mickey's, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. So that's the one that I went with. I would give you that. I would say that that would be in the top three. Of like true classic renditions of A Christmas Carol, Patrick Stewart as Scrooge, hands down, takes it for me. I don't know that I've seen the Patrick Stewart one. So good. It's very like accurate to the source material. Um, you know, it, it rides that line. Very dramatic, but oh, so well done in that. Uh, oddly enough, I did not put any of the Christmas Carol renditions uh, on my list. I enjoy them all except for the uh, motion capture Robert Zemeckis one with uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I'd stayed away. I stayed away from yeah. that one. I yeah, almost watched awful. it the other night. That was awful. That was awful. But yeah, you're totally right. And I still haven't watched um, the Will uh, Ferrell Ryan Reynolds rendition of A Christmas Carol that just came out on Apple uh, TV plus I'm trying to watch that it's called spirited I didn't so I didn't know that um that's what it was based off of and we don't have Apple TV plus so we can't watch it because uh, you hate all things Apple all things Apple I try to avoid it like the plague um, I see that so I have not seen it yet but I just was told that it's actually a rendition and so now I'm sad that I don't have it So my number five is Deep Cut, a movie from 1985, just a few years before we were born. And it is called Santa Claus, the movie. This is the one starring Dudley Moore, John Lithgow, 
David Huddleston. It depicts the origin of Santa Claus and then his modern day adventure to save one of his elves who has been manipulated by an unscrupulous toy company executive. That executive, of course, played by John Lithgow. Um, We taped this movie off of TV onto a VHS (laughs) as a kid. And we watched it so much that like the VHS tape was like falling apart. This is Um, a deep cut, Eddie. But you are totally right. My list is pure nostalgia because Christmas is all built on nostalgia, right? And I grew up, we would watch this once or twice every single Christmas. And then even like we watched it on this VHS. uh, I mean, even in well into DVD territory, like we hung on to our VHS player pretty much just for this movie. And so it was always fun to like, watch the commercial breaks from the late eighties and everything. And uh, my family was in St. Louis at the time. So everything was like nostalgia for St. Louis. So Santa Claus, the movie, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. My mom has it on DVD. That's how we watch it every year. Um, So yes, uh, that would be my number five, Santa Claus, the movie. One, that's a, that's an epic title, especially for a movie that I've never seen. (laughs) Santa Claus. It's, the it's movie. fantastic. It is a great story. The opening where it depicts like the origin of Santa Claus is it's really beautiful. Um, it also just has a lot of fun, quirky 80-ness that is just delectable. That's amazing. That's a deep cut right up the off the top. Okay. You're welcome. I'm here. So my uh, number four, I expect this one to be a lot higher on your list, Eddie. And this was one that I did not choose for nostalgia because I forcibly tried to stop stop ever seeing this film until I got a lot older. And then I watched it. I was like, you know what? I've been missing out on this film my entire life. And I just rewatched it the other night when I couldn't sleep. I turned it on and um, and it was great. I, this is, it had been a long time, even recently since I had seen it. And I think it's going to be really high up on your list, Eddie. And it is a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. It's not even on the list. What? It's not, Eddie it didn't even it didn't even make like the honorable mention list as big of a of a of a Jimmy of a fan, Stewart fan Jimmy Stewart fan as you are this doesn't make your list I don't know why so oh I can tell you why it's a great movie I love it I mean yes it's American classic um my I think it was my mom who is easily the biggest Jimmy Stewart fan. Like we would watch Jimmy Stewart movies all the time. President of the fan Um, club. But she doesn't like just like how sad and depressing the movie is. Yeah. And so she never wanted to watch it around Christmas time because of that. And like, we wanted to watch a little more upbeat movies. So as much as I love it and enjoy it, I don't, we, it's not in like the, we have to watch this. I can totally see that. But, and my brother-in-law's family it is and i know they watch it every year and like i would try and sneak in whenever i could or whatnot but fantastic movie yes i i was just blown away by it because i didn't watch it because it's black and white or it was originally black and white i tried watching the color version of it and it's like this is obviously painted on this is is bad 
it's just a fantastic story. Everything is earned. Everything is built yes. up. This was my one. I gave myself one choice for like storytelling and and cinema, whatever you want. I'm using my hand motions right now for mm. cinema. Um, it's it's got to be one of the top like the top couple of movies that just like story wise is so incredible. It's like. For it's sure. just a masterpiece on that, but you're right. It is not a feel good, happy experience for 90% of the movie. Um, unless you really want to go through the pain and suffering. So I wanted to have it on here. I put it in the four spot um, because there's, but there's just three other movies I would run to a lot faster than this movie. But I, I felt like it was weird not to include it. I think if we were making a list that was like, what are the best Christmas movies of all time? Like not our personal top five favorites, no nostalgia. That would definitely make the list. I don't know how it couldn't. Yep. But I'm shocked, Eddie. I'm I'm a little, I don't know know. what to think right now. I I get it, it, but I'm a little disappointed in you. But it is one of those conundrums. I just, and I, I, we just watched it uh, last Christmas actually. Um, uh, my number four, let's just swing to the totally opposite direction here. Um, a movie that actually my mother hates. And anytime we turn on, <laughs> she runs out of the room. And that is what is now a Christmas classic elf. That's hilarious. Why does she hate this movie so much? She hates this movie. She thinks it is the worst. And so anytime I'm like, we're watching elf, she runs. Um, Absolutely love this movie from top to bottom. I think it is the the first glimpse that we got into Favreau's brilliance. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's amazing. This is really good. You've got Zoe Deschanel in this. Totally underrated. My she wife's favorite actress right there. <laughs> <laughs> she, that's I the reason know. she doesn't like this film. <laughs> um. I don't know. It's just it tugs on a lot of nostalgia with, again to with the like the stop motion and everything that it plays with at the beginning. Oh, that's just is kind fun, of the yeah. overall play on that. Um Ed Asner as Santa Claus, like come on. Um Will Farrell, like just at his Will Farrellness, like we just let him be what we all love him to be, um, and just nails it. So I it is a every year watch for me now. Absolutely love Elf. So we can keep talking about it because Elf is my number three on this list. Can you imagine somebody else doing this role? No, no, no. It doesn't work without it. Like I'm thinking if they were to remake this now, because it has been about almost almost 20 years now since it came Mm -hmm. out. Like if they were gonna redo this, like turn it into like a, a show or something like that, which is what they do with everything now, take a take a classic film and like turn it into a show. Uh, I'm trying to think like who they would choose for it. I don't even think they would go this route. I think they would go like the annoying route, like the the guy from Parks and Rec that like talks too loud, too loud, and like I'm I just can't imagine anybody. He was so perfect for this character and for this role and so much heart and warmth and love and still so annoying. Right. Cause it doesn't, it's his performance is so sincere and that's what sells it. Santa. I know him. 
world's best cup of coffee. Like there's just so many great lines in it. And it's it's over the top without feeling over the top. Like it's not mm-hmm. cheesy, campy over the top. It's just like, okay, this is a lot, but it's just enough. It's it's astounding that a movie like because there's no other real Christmas classics before the nineties, really. Like like that's like the last kind of cut off. Even yours, like like you the, would say since the nineties. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I, there there's some. So this other, came out in two thousand three. So yeah, so next it's early year, two thousand twenty years, and we haven't had any movies since then. But I've we've I've got some other ones on here that um or one other one on here that's from that time and some of my honorable an honorable mentioned is the eighty like something about right after the nineties we stopped like I don't know if we stopped making good ones or what. But this is the only one. This is the only more closer to modern day that that I have, at least on my list. Yeah, um, I only have one other movie, and it's on my honorable mentions, that was made in the new millennium. It's interesting. And my guess is ours is the same one. Probably. I'm guessing so. Yeah, so number number three, mine was, Elf, Elf was my number three, and it was your number four. It was my number four. Um, my number three is a tie because there's sequels. So I'm going to just like lump them together. Okay. And we actually just finished this. It's home alone and home alone Two: lost in New York. Home alone one and two. Where did, is that where you thought I was going? You thought I was going no, a different direction. I thought you were going another sequel Ooh, direction. No. Um, I, love these movies i love 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 these movies we just watched it with the kids the whole family and i laugh at it every time like it's the first time that i've watched this um and it's such a toss-up in my mind of like i i love the sequel just as much as i love the first one um it's like the perfect sequel it's like just even got trump exactly (laughs) Give me exactly what I loved about the first one, just in a new new format. Like, you know, let's not let's not be crazy here. Just give me exactly what I love. The bird um, lady. Oh, so many fan fantastic things. Um, you know my obsession with music. And so I must say. So, well, let's just step back. You know, like this wasn't supposed to be made like this was just kind of like one of those things where. The studio just like said, sure, we'll we'll let you do this thing. And they made they did it on the shoestring budget. Um, John Hughes wrote it, which is like he's, you know, 80s, 90s is John Hughes. This is one of his Uh, one for them, one for me. This is the one for me. They pull in Chris Columbus. This is one of his early films that he did. And he's the one who directs it. And then the kicker, they get John Williams to score this movie. Yes. And it has such a, he does such a wonderful job of making a original fun score that is, feels so Christmassy. It feels like it is a Christmas music that has existed forever. And like, yeah, been, yeah, it just gets, gets stuck in your head. But I love Home Alone uh, 1 and 2. That is number three on my list. I could go on in here and there and about that forever but such a such a fantastic movie i'm gonna save some of my commentary i'm sure it will come up again so i would nod that i'm very happy to see here that this is on on your list so and i must say um 
I actually um, served at a church in Winnetka, Illinois, which is where that the first one was filmed. Ooh, of like, do you ever drive past? Do you, you drive past the house? Oh yeah, multiple times. Um, the grocery store that he shops in, the park that he ran through, like, yep, yeah, done, done all of that, like re- recreated as much as I was legally allowed to. Okay, so number two on my list, this is pure nostalgia. Pure, I can remember just going to my grandparents' house, watching this movie. It would come up at some point, either played on basic cable or someone would pop it in the VHS player. And I just know this movie inside and out. And um, it's it's just the most pure Christmas movie to me. And that is White Christmas with Bing Crosby. It is my go-to. I have to... I don't think we've watched it yet this Christmas time, but the last couple of years I've watched it the night before um, while we've been wrapping presents or in some cases like unwrapping and like putting together a Christmas present. Um, that's kind of been our go-to. Um, for Hold the on, wait. Of years. You wait until the night before to wrap Christmas presents? Not wrapping. Sorry. I meant... Um, like whenever you get like a bigger gift for your kids and you want to sure, have sure. it there all yeah. put together. So we did like a train table a couple of years the, ago. The, the prep, the preparation. The prep, prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah, everything ready, doing what Here. the elves should be doing like, or, or, or whatever. <laughs> like that's, that's us. So white Christmas, all, all the great music in it, the great storylines, the dips and twists and the humor inside of it. Um, the dance numbers, like it's all just, it's just so good. And it is, it, it, it is some of the, it just pulls on the most of all of the, the, the nostalgia for me. So that's why, that's why it's up, up that high. Number two for me is Miracle on 34th Street. And I'm going to qualify this. I'm going to go with the, again, John Hughes version that came out in the mid 90s. With um, David Attenborough as uh, uh, Santa Claus. Have you seen this version? I have not seen e- any of the Miracle on 34th Street versions. What? I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know how I've missed them. I've, I've never uh, seen any of them. Um, sorry, I said David Attenborough. It's Richard, Richard Attenborough. Attenborough. And Richard it's 19, Attenborough. 1994. Yep. 1994. Um, wow. Okay. John Hughes. Big Christmas John guy. Yes, big Christmas guy. Um, this is pure nostalgia. Uh, this is the movie we watch every year while we decorate for Christmas. This is the first Christmas movie out of the gate every year. Every year, as long as my memory can serve even if like I'm living away from my family and I'm decorating my house or my apartment alone, I'm watching Miracle on 34th Street 1994 version as I prep this year. Thankfully, um, you know, Bob Iger spent $74 billion to acquire Fox and it can now be streamed <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I mean, Home Alone for that matter, too. Um, this is... Yeah, I mean, it just has all of the classic story beats. It's great drama. Got a little courtroom scene action in there. Um, do you believe? Like, I there's two scenes. One where he puts on his Santa Claus suit in like this just 
cinematic masterpiece of a moment that is just like fills you with all the warm and fuzzies of Christmas that just, oh, you love it. Um, and then like at the end when there's this sequence of like everybody saying that they believe in Santa Claus, that just mm, I'm holding back tears every year that I watch it. Like even though I, yeah, I've watched it 35 plus times. Um, such a, such a fantastic, fantastic movie. So you guys need to watch this. It is on Disney plus miracle on 34th street. It's, it's John Hughes. Like what he just knows how to pull these like heartstring nostalgia things that just it's alchemy in its finest. It's got the girl from Matilda. Yeah. And Richard Attenborough is from Jurassic Park, right? Yes. And many, many other things, of course. But like, you know, like, like what we love him in Jurassic Park, where he just has these moments where he delivers a line so dramatically where you're like if any other actor would have done that like welcome to Jurassic Park you'd be like okay buddy like that's a little too much but like he just has a gravitas to these things it he, he, he's that but it's Santa Claus but it's Santa Claus like oh yes like impeccable casting on that part watch it if nothing else for uh, him as Santa Claus there's this moment where like all the kids are coming and sitting on his lap and he's talking to them and he talks to a girl who's deaf in sign language. And like, I was watching it this time and I like froze in my tracks. I had ornaments in my hands and I'm like tearing up a little bit. And my family were like, Eddie, 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 come here, come here. We're doing this. I'm like, sorry, sorry. I just, I got, I got sucked in. <laughs> okay. I think you've, I think you've sold me on it. We're going to have to, we're going to have to watch this over the next couple of days. Okay. So my number one, you've already touched on it. It's already on your list. You should probably know what it is. And it is Home Alone 1. Mm-hmm. kind of came to this one i'd seen moments from it when i was a kid not we didn't watch it very often but re-watching this as an adult even just a couple years ago when disney plus came out i was like oh they've got home alone on here let's just watch it i <coughs> kind of have memories of it i just was not prepared for how perfect of a film this was like every beat every storyline and everything was earned and like one thing set up another set up another and obviously all the different things in the house he then uses for the traps for when this when the guys come into his home it's great um if you haven't gone and watched the movies that made us christmas edition this is on there home alone one is on there it's a great behind the scenes eddie's alluded to some of the storylines of the of the making of it uh, but my kids love this too, um, especially the one line my son says every year, Agnosium for the rest of the Christmas time is, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. <laughs> and he has no idea why he's saying it. It's just funny to him that someone says, I love woof. that that's the line that he that's picked That's the line. Up. Yeah. Of all, the, of all the things he could have said, that's it. And I just love that. I just love that um, the kid, like kid in this, like he's just, He's just going about his day and he's he's like acting like a little adult and he goes to the store by himself yes. and he pays for th- and he's trying to buy things and like is this FDA approved and all of these different things he's taking it all so seriously um but even As like a the coupon for yeah. the juice yeah. and if you've ever been a parent like the way that they forgot him that's how my parents forgot me at all the time all the time places all the time because there's the time. just so many things and you think you've counted people and you haven't and 
Like we all have those moments. And it's it it was so completely like made complete in total sense. And I just I, I it just just every time I rewatch it, I go, this is so it feels so real. Like this 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 it's got such a an, an element of realism to it, even though it's still crazy, these guys trying to break in and stealing this kid like outdoing them. Like I just it's just one of those movies like this is a great film. Like it even if even if we were doing a best Christmas movies, this would still be on my list. Agreed. Agreed. So it's paced so well. That was mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, we just finished watching this like minutes ago. And I was amazed at like how perfectly they build the tension mm-hmm. between the thieves and Kevin. And like you just have these like little moments and they just keep escalating and keep escalating. So by the time you get the whole sequence in the house, it just it's worth it. Like it yep. just you've built to that moment and they've they've earned that moment so well in that. It's yeah. oh, it's just fantastic. The um, other the other piece I just want to say real quick before um the only sad thing now is we last year Disney Plus came out with a sequel movie, like the fourth, fifth one, whatever in the series. It's kind of its own standalone film. It's only vaguely attached to it. It was so bad that and and that doll that's in the movie is so freaky looking with the upside down head that now my son gets confused with him. And every time we go, hey, let's watch Home Alone. He goes, no, 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 Dada, we can't watch the doll movie. I cannot watch the doll. Like he gets like legitimately freaked out, anxious, and I have to convince him, no, it's not the doll movie. We're never going to watch that movie ever again. Ever again. I have not even touched it. I have not even. It touched is so it. bad. It's it's so oh weird, and it's just every you hate you'll you'll just hate everybody in the film. So just stay away. But that's the only sad thing is that that sentiment of just being afraid of that other movie makes him not want to watch the the old one the classic one sometimes with the course and then he and then he's okay oh this is buzz your girlfriend woof okay there we go good choice for number one um we could go we could do a whole uh podcast episode just on home alone um my number one you've already mentioned it um but white christmas i don't think you get more of a classic straight down the line perfect christmas movie than white christmas um Yeah, we watch it every year, sometimes multiple times during the year. I know all of the songs, all the sequences. Um, This is just perfect Christmas movie. It's not where the I have to give kind of an honorable mention to Holiday Inn, which is the original Bing Crosby movie where White Christmas appeared for the first time and became such a hit that they decided Irving Berlin decided to go on and they did um, the White Christmas movie. Um, but White Christmas as a movie with Rosemary Clooney and Danny Kaye, it's just like, oh, it's just perfect all the way through. And like, we just like sit all cozied up and enjoy that movie every, every year. It's just, uh, it's, it's number one for me for, for so many nostalgia reasons. Do you have some honorable mentions? Yep. Uh, so for sure, had you put in here, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We, I think we bought that last year, maybe, and so now we can actually just watch it whenever we want to, but that was one that we watched a ton growing up, and that was 100% taped on VHS off of yes. broadcast television, ripped it, the old ripped version of it. And then secondly, uh, Die Hard. Had to mention <laughs> Die Hard on here. I just haven't watched it enough for it to be like 
classic enough for me. I know that other people like a shout out to Schultz, who it probably is his favorite Christmas movie because he's a big, uh, big diehard fan. Um, but I just want to put that on here. I almost rented it the other night, but then it's I was Jake Peralta's it. favorite as well. It is also Jake Peralta's favorite. Yes. Um, but yeah, Die Hard had to kind of mention that one because um, it felt felt necessary. I ended up with a ton of honorable mentions, so I'm not going to comment. I'm just going to rattle these off because, well, they speak for themselves. The Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus. Uh, one, Allen, two, Arnie. three. The new series. I would go with one. I would okay. go with one. I think one is is the best out of all of those. Uh, a Muppets Christmas Carol. Love. Fantastic. We just watched it the other night. You can go back uh, and listen to our review of it if I go mm-hmm. to uh, honeywemade.com slash movies and see what Eddie and I really thought about it. <laughs> a Christmas story. I think I my memories of this is, what is it, TNT or TBS played it like 24 hours nonstop, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, both were one. And we would always just turn it on at some point, especially over at my uncle's house and just watch uh, Christmas story. We love it. Quote it. Hysterical. Barely creeped out of of the top five, actually. Um, and then the one that I was surprised wasn't in your honorable mentions. This would be the only other uh, Christmas movie from this millennia that I absolutely love. And that would be The Family Stone. <gasps> Eddie. How did you forget The Family Stone? How did I forget this film? I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm nervous for oh, where it's, you it's, are it's in a, a mental state because you forgot this. Oh, I'm like, maybe I need to talk to your wife, make sure you're doing okay. This is really concerning that you forgot the family. I can't, stuff. I have to have that in the top five. Oh, you would put it up top five. Yeah. I would 100% kick out. If I hadn't, I think I probably would have kicked out It's a Wonderful Life just because I just rewatched it. For the first time in a long, long time, I'd have been like, oh, not as much nostalgia. But man, that was Eddie. I want to say this very clearly. I think that a family stone was my re-entry into liking Christmas anything again. Whoa. Like I had gone hard Scrooge, like over the deep end Scrooge, like doing the bare minimum. I've got a photo of myself on Christmas morning where I'm just like. The lowest of the low, and that movie made me believe that Christmas movies could be good. Like, pulled me out, pulled me out of my Scrooge's man. That would have to be maybe, t- maybe it, it's hard to go above Home Alone, White Christmas, and Elf. It probably, I think, I'd swap it out with uh, It's a Wonderful Life, maybe, or maybe Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's got to be up there. I'm so upset with myself right now. Claire Danes, Diane Keaton. Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, Luke Wilson, and Brian White. Like, it's, it's insane. Fantastic cast. Um, uh, you've got music by Michael Giacchino. This was like right before he just like exploded. Um, I think uh, this is like my... Like, if I need to just, like, have me watch a Christmas movie, this is the movie I watch. Like, no, I don't watch it with, like, other people and everything. And I think that's why, like, just didn't make the list for me is because I don't have memories of watching other people. But this is the one where it's, like, there's, it's just, 
so therapeutic to my soul and like wonderful, just like curl up cold, cold December night and watch the family stone. It's, it's so, there is so many scenes in this movie that are like fantastic, but then also like so good that you can barely watch it. It is so good. I am so upset with myself right now. I don't know. And, I used to, I couldn't stand Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, I just, I don't know. There was something about, like, her performance stuff in the wrong she's way. She's perfectly cast in this. And amazing. And, like, the arc and the turn for her in this movie is so beautiful, so wonderful. Like, ah, oh, I just, I love, love. And, um, and this is what began so much of my uh, obsession with Rachel McAdams. I think she is phenomenal in this movie as well is just the uh, evil little uh younger sister just Eddie, plays I'm, it just, so well. I'm just on another planet right now i'm just so upset with my i i filled this out way too fast i should have spent more time praying and thinking and <laughs> looking up other top would, 10 lists i'm just i'm just so when i did I like know, my like, brain dump and just like quick like wrote down all the movies and then like went back and reordered him. This was probably like the third one that came to mind. It was just like, boom, it was there. So here's a question for you. What's your, what is the Christmas movie that everybody else likes that you hate? Oh gosh. Cause I've got mine. You go first. Let me think about this. It was on your honorable mentioned a Christmas story. I can't, oh, really? I cannot stand that movie. It annoys me so much. Probably because I just hate all the characters in the movie. I just hate them all. I'm just like, I don't like any of you people. Like, none of you make me want to... I don't know what the right word is for it. But it's like, just... That was another movie that was always on basic cable whenever I'd go to my grandparents' house, and that would be playing at some point on Christmas Day. Yeah. Or Thanksgiving Day. Like, they'd always, like, play it on Thanksgiving as well. And I just could not stand that movie. I hate... I just... I couldn't... I was like, oh, it just irked me so much um so that why that's why it would be my least favorite of the like uh, and i'm talking about like a movie you've seen like once and like and flip it off and move on but like everybody else seems to like this and why because i don't i don't care i don't like it okay i'm one? gonna yes i do and this is gonna get me into so much trouble and i hope that no member of my family listens to this episode <laughs> The Polar Express. <laughs> That's not a hot take. That's okay. I, I, but like, I love the book. Like, I remember as kids, do you remember like Mrs. Saunders taking us to library and like we would read the Polar Express. Like it felt like every week in uh, in, in December. Like, I love the Polar Express. Um, I even enjoy like the Josh Groban song from it and a couple of other l- pieces from it. That was just so early on in the whole motion capture stuff. Robert Zemeckis, right? And like Robert Zemeckis was like just turning those things out and doing all of that. And just the additions and the way that we like drag the story out. Uh, And I I have to say, like Sarah just said like 30 minutes ago, like right as we were getting on, she's like, oh, while you're on with JB, I'm going to try and find where polar express is streaming and i'm like a little part of me died i'm like oh i hope she doesn't mind it (laughs) this is so bad i'm gonna be in so much trouble sarah's gonna be so upset when she here listens to this podcast if she ever listens to this podcast she didn't she doesn't like toy story one so like we can yeah there's remember when that came out in that episode of the podcast i was like whoa so i don't think 
disliking Polar Express is that bad compared to that. Oh, goodness. So there you go. I might have to fly to Nashville and sleep on your couch tonight. Well, there was something else we were going to do. I think we're going to save that for an, a future episode because we've already <laughs> gone like 40 minutes into this episode and we need to get to Avatar or else it's going to be a two hour long episode. It could still be a two hour long episode, but something funny happened that we that I thought Eddie was joking about. We we're going to save that for the new year. Um, we're going to be skip. We're going to be missing out on next week, next week's episode. Um, we're going to take a break because we got the new year and stuff like that. And, but when we come back, like we've still got an episode today, don't turn this off right now. I'm just all of a sudden feeling like I'm ending this episode. I'm not, we're still going to talk about what we were going to talk about. Just want to give you a heads up that next week we're going to be off. And uh, then in the first thing of the new year, you're going to hear not only a little bit about the Lizzie McGuire movie, but you're also going to hear about JB's unexpected and unnecessary watch of Adina Menzel, which way to the stage. You're going to get a full review of that i'm gonna set it up all for you it's 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 you don't need to watch it because i have the only review you need to know about it but we're running out of time and i don't want this to be a three hour long episode so eddie are you okay if we punt that to after the new year yes i'm doing all i can not to laugh hysterically out loud. it's great we got a great back and forth on it you, you're gonna oh be, we'll share the text thread but anyways so today what you're really here for it's our break from uh our movies as we, this new thing, it just came out. We had to talk about it. We had <laughs> to, to talk about all to. the big, everybody's ma- talking about it. The big major Disney adjacent releases, all the, all the releases. So, um, what we're talking about today is going to be avatar, the way of water. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, here we go. Here is. Um, the IMDb description for Avatar 2, The Way of Water. It's not called 2, but I'm calling it 2. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extra solar moon. What is happening here? I'm already lost. <laughs> Jake Sully. Way too long. Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extra solar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with, with Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi race to protect. This is so bad. This is like I don't. We should have been keeping track of the worst ones, and this is it. There's two sentences. They're rehashing things from the previous one. We already know they're on Pandora. Like the newfound family, he made his fa- like. They had they made a family. They didn't find a family. And this is once finished what was previously start like return to this is bad. This is like one of the worst ones. I'm really upset with you, James Cameron or Disney or whoever, Fox well, Century, whatever. It's bad. <clears throat> yeah. This is I like copped on IMDB really quick just to like, okay, maybe JB just like copy and paste. Maybe I did it wrong, yeah. Something wrong. You did, did not. Did you have you to click not. the button where you have to click to see more (laughs) no because that's what i had to do on my phone and then i had to jump over to a a computer to actually copy it because it wouldn't let me copy it it was just all around bad let me let me just give the description they should have given the sequel to avatar the highest grossing film of all time period (laughs) like do you did you need to say anything else like 
Was there anyone who had never heard of Avatar? No. Oh, There was not. There was not. So I went and saw this Thursday night, opening showing. This was your date night, right? We got like, got, we got like a night away. That's like, amazing. That's that's gold. This was gold. This was like marriage gold. Um, uh, like as soon as tickets went on sale, I snuck in and like got my seats, like picked the best seats I could pot, like center everything in and went to 3D IMAX, the biggest screen in all of Costa Rica. I found it. This is where we went. Um, and I was so stinking excited for this thing because I loved the original, um, saw it a couple times in its original release nine in times. theaters, not nine times. No, just one film has that privilege and uh, a couple times like DVD streaming. And then when they just did the re-release a couple of months ago, went and saw it then. Um, so I was really, really pumped for this. And I have to say. I was not disappointed whatsoever. This held up its end of the bargain and then some. I agree. I saw, I did not see an IMAX 3D, but I did see it in 3D and I don't see anything in 3D anymore. Me, it, you, me either. I don't care if you made it or whatever, but this was the one where <laughs> I was just like, if there's going to be one I'm going to see in 3D, this is like the only one that mm-hmm. is really, really worth it. And I was a little scared because I hadn't seen one in a while. I thought maybe my old eyes, my old decrepit eyes that are failing me or whatever, that it wouldn't be as good. But man, was this movie good. This was experiential on every level. Like the under everything underwater was majestic and beautiful. Unlike Wakanda forever that we kind of bemoaned anything that they did underwater because it was dark and moody and you couldn't see anything. This was like just glorious. This was like so beautiful and felt so real. There were multiple moments where like it dawned on me that I had like my mouth literally open in awe. And, you know, I'm like watching it mouth a, a, a just gaping open because I was just amazed at what we were watching. Um. It is. It's it's beautiful. It is transportive, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's three plus hours. And I you don't I didn't feel it at all, though. I didn't feel it in the sense of looking at my watch going, how much more do we have to go on here? I felt it in the sense of, oh, they are taking their time with everything like even just everything leading up before and spoilers 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 everybody just let you know yes yes they they took a good amount of time just to get to where they leave their own family their their own um tribe and then they spend what could have been its own like it could have been its own movie starting from there to the end in just this other the water tribe i'm just calling water tribe because i can't remember what their what the name of their tribe is yeah um is a whole nother like a whole nother film in the sense of like length and time and amount of time given to these characters and stuff like that. And they had spent a good amount of that opening, just kind of re bringing you back into Pandora and into the jungle and um, the whole Lang backstory, which we'll get to in a second or not Lang backstory, but um, Colonel, the Colonel's backstory, like how he's back right. in the, in the thing. Um, but I, I definitely felt like, man, this is they're spending a good amount of time with everything, but I wasn't tired and I wasn't 
wanting it to ever end. I was just like so immersed inside of it. And, and I have to say, um, so the first Avatar, I think the biggest um, strike against it, what everybody kind of like complained about it was like, okay, that's a well-tread story, right? Like it's dancing with wolves. It's Pocahontas. Ferngully. Uh, Ferngully. Like Fern Gully. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. Was it? And I'm hearing some people give a similar critique to this movie. What are they? What are they saying? But, it's like no, they're not comparing it to other things. They're just like these are these aren't original story beats. This is uh you know we've seen this story before and other things. Where and I'm that's where and, I, I'm because I, I was trying to rack my brain like what because I was thinking the same thing like is this kind of trying to do the same thing the first one uh, did and it, it just wasn't as obvious. Uh, I, I I don't know what those people are smoking because I I loved the story. I think for me that was the the progression. Like yes, the the visuals, all of that. You know, it's going to be amazing. That's what everybody talks about when they talk about these movies. How amazing the visuals are and everything. I I thought that the huge progression in this was the story. Like it's obvious that they took their time. Like. Yeah, it was delayed. It was delayed. It was delayed. It was delayed. It's been 13 years or whatever since the original had come out. And like for that, I'm thankful because it's okay. The the big thing you needed to improve on, you did. And there, I mean, we now again, we're like our one night ever away from our kids. And we go see a movie about like the bond of of family and like the the family unit or whatever. So of course, you know, we get a little more emotional plus we cry at everything anyway. But like there was definitely like moments where I'm like, I am legitimately moved by this story. Um and thought it was fantastic. It was it was a big decision to spend the majority of the time with the kids, with their kids, their children. And not as much time with Jake and Natiri. That was a big decision, even though the big, the big, the big like reveal that you didn't know was coming was the fact that Colonel, um, uh, the Colonel is back. Right. That his like, and that was a big, that was a big decision. And it's kind of good they did it right up front versus that being like a later on thing that's like, spoiler alert, he's back, even though he obviously died in the first one. Like, they knew they had something special with him and maybe they probably shouldn't have killed him off in the first one. Maybe they should have like held him on to somehow get through kind of like what they did in this film. We'll talk about that in a second. You kind of, but it forced you to make a decision right up front. Am I in or am I out on the colonels? Yes. Uh, they, they brought his um, memories and his personality and everything like that and put it into an avatar body um, full, full time. Like, that was a big decision and you kind of had to choose in that moment. Am I in on this or am I not? And if I was at home and I think there'll be a lot of people that if they don't see this in theater and spend the money to see it in the, in a great experience, they're going to watch it at home and go, I don't want this and then be out. But if you choose to go ahead and buy in there, then you're good. I think if you can kind of forget how they got there and just go, okay, I'm just going to push straight through and he's back and he's the bad guy again. Cause he, he does play a great bad guy. Lang, uh, the actor Lang plays a great bad guy. I mean, from the original, his little speech, you're not in Kansas anymore. 
the way he says Pandora, like I can't even say yeah. like he's just got a tone to his voice there. They knew that that was like cinematic history already. And they have this beautiful kind of montage of repeating it in this film. For me, the moment that I, I, I agree with you, like when they start explaining all that, I'm getting a little skeptical. Like I'm like, yeah. what? I don't know. I'm like, OK, I'll go with you. Then when he finds the dead body of the colonel and then like rewatches it and like that whole little moment and sequence and all of that sold it sold like the performance, the way that that just like laid itself out. So, so fantastic and gives you the stakes for him as the villain. Like you get uh, more like why he kind of goes a little more crazy in his search for Jake and his family and all of those things. Um, That was just so, so well done. I know you're all asking the same question. Why so blue? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good line. The other line that he had was like, it's campy, but it's also perfect for what he does is a Marine can't be defeated. You can kill us, but we'll just regroup in hell. <laughs> We're just like, okay, that was way unnecessary and exactly on 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 point for for what he was. Um, for sure. What did you think of? Uh, I don't know whether to go to this yet. Yeah, let's just go for it. So, Spider, Spider is his son in the in this movie. They didn't really say who his mom was. Really, I forget who his mom was. Did I did I miss out on it? You're kind of backing away from your microphone. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He was a fun character um, of just like kind of being reminded of the of the human side of it. So you're not just with the Navi. Um, he's kind of annoying at times. I can't really tell why he's being so um, helpful to to the Colonel and his group. Uh, what did you think of the spider, this, um, the kid named spider? Um, I, th- yeah, there, there was definitely some moments where you're kind of like, okay, what's going on there? Especially totally early on. motivation all the time. Like, why is he helping? But then he's not, then he's, well, I think what happened was, so in the opening sequence, uh, when you're like being introduced to all the kids, that's when they introduce him and you're already like three deep hearing this than hearing that of the daughter who has, has an interesting origin. Yeah, that's a whole, your, yep. your brain is still kind of going, what? Like, hold on now. And so there's an element where like, I didn't fully grasp and, and grab everything about like that didn't set up his character. Well, for me, like it just, that, that wasn't paced well for me. Um, so yeah, there was, it took me a while to, to warm up to him. Um, and I would say like by the end, I really grew to love and appreciate his character, especially again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We, the moment like he does choose to save the Colonel is so intriguing to me, especially that he saves him, but then doesn't want anything to do with him. Like, he's just kind of like okay, I did my good deed. Like I realized you weren't dead and I saved you. Um, but I don't, I still don't want anything to do with you. And and if I can escape, I will. That was really interesting to me. It was interesting. It was complex. It was like, you're doing something that I'm just like telling you, please don't do this. Please. Like, I know that he kind of saved you, but please don't. And 
don't save the this is good oh no you're doing it you're doing it ah, ah it was so frustrating to watch him do it but also kind of get it so his character wasn't like the strongest to me um i it was kind of it was kind of frustrating that he was helping them even though he said he didn't want to help them but i guess he didn't have much of a choice he kind of did he could have just stayed in the cell the whole time but yeah so he, I, he definitely wasn't i the appreciate I appreciate the parallels that he is creating between he being James Cameron, um, between the Colonel and Jake and these arcs that I, I believe in these upcoming sequels are going to have some type of a connecting point. Um, I, yeah, I, I think what he's doing with the Colonel is really cool. A very intriguing character development and spider plays such a huge part in that. So like, okay, I'm I'm with you on that. And there's some moments um especially with the whole things about the whales and the harvesting of the whales that I think he provides a really great element of human empathy for this. And like, okay, and him and the biologist, you're like if you don't have those characters, um you almost begin to think like, well are they saying like all human beings are awful and horrible people? It's like, okay, no. All right. There's some actual like true uh, empathetic, good, good people. So in those moments, I like, I appreciated him and, and, and could see the, the purpose of his character. So let's go there. Let's talk about Kiri. First off voiced by Sigourney Weaver herself, yeah. which I could kind of, I could, they, it, they could kind of tell, okay, this sounds like her, but they've obviously modulated her voice way younger. I don't- I don't think they modulated her voice. I think she did that. She did it. They, I think they did something because it okay. definitely didn't have the sense of like, this is an older woman speaking sure. the voice, like a little girl, like a younger girl. Um, they did. They obviously did something because they, they EQ every single voice that goes through. It's not like they don't touch it, but um, the immaculate conception. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, again, um, and it was I don't the, think and it was these her movies are not. body that had the baby. I did enjoy the back and forth of like, hey, they're out in the woods and they're blah 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 blah. blah. Like you know, <laughs> like the the as they're kind of guessing who the father is. That was funny. Yeah, but was. like, first of all, yes, you're right. You already mentioned it. The whole montage where they explain all the kids, I totally lost track. Yeah. It's like, wait, it's almost like once she comes up, it's like, wait, that what can you go? Can you spend more time talking about this girl that was born without and a father? They move on from it so quickly. And you're like, now let's talk about spider. I was just like, no, I can't keep the track of by the yeah. halfway through. You're like, OK, I get it. But then she's got a weird connect. Like the immaculate conception just felt weird. Well, I mean, he is. I mean, yeah, I'm. Um, he, he he's stolen a lot from a lot of other uh, s- stories and source material. Um, so of course, like no surprise that he's going to steal a, a, a key tenet, a key doctrine of of Christian theology. Um, and I mean the the deity of their land is Yahweh backwards, right? Ewa. I don't know if you knew that. Like that's where Ewa comes from. It's just Yahweh backwards. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, let me just see what you, what you do with this. I, I hope that you, you keep it, it becomes a beautiful symbolism of, of truth, 
but uh, it makes me more nervous that he's going to try and do something weird with that. So we'll see. It makes sense. You know, they had the whole little ceremony with her and her avatar there, like connected to the tree or whatever. So maybe that's how all of that happened. Um, she's obviously being built up to be the central character of this whole thing, right? Like, like we're... Do you think the third one, she, we're actually going to stay a little bit more connected to her instead? Um, the rumored title of the third one is called The Seed Bearer. Ooh. Um, and just the sequences already that we got with her, like controlling things or, or, or Pandora yeah. reacting to her. Um, yeah, like there, there could be some really intriguing things done with with her character and everything. There were a few moments where I'm like, I'm a little annoyed with her. Like we're just a little too much oh, of the yeah. of a moody teenage girl. That oh yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to be around. But uh, it was good. Uh, someone that at first was very annoyed by, but felt like they did a good job building this character well was Loak, the basically the black sheep of the family, the second mm-hmm. the second brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he they did a great job. I think, especially once his uh, he bonds with the whale that saves his life. Um, that kind of pulls him in kind of into a new spot. But like you, I thought that I thought that he was really good. Um, as basically someone of the central character of this film, like like co 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 main primary character of of this of this thing. Um, along with like jake and stuff like he's got a a very prominent part in this film and you feel so horrible when his brother dies like just like oh that that's on that's they literally have the shot of his bloodied hands in the background as his brother's passing away like you're just like how are you going to recover from recover from this and Um, the the payoff at the end when he saves jake mm mm-hmm and he just looks at him and he's like, I see you, my son. I see you. It's like, yeah. <gasps> like that, 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 that made the sweaty eyes uh, come out. It's getting hot in here, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. um, yeah. And it was, it was very, in, I mean, you kind of, I, I, I didn't feel it as much. I know Sarah said she felt it and a couple others I've talked to, um, you know, you're, you're that they felt the the death of the oldest son coming I, I did not like i was totally whoa okay we're going there and in hindsight like you look back and you're like okay we spent way much more time developing the the younger brother than we did the older brother older brother was very he almost dies multiple times you know in the film already so it's kind of like okay we're teasing it we're teasing it um but the younger brother especially all of the stuff with almost being eaten by the shark creature, then yep. being saved by the whale creature. And then the bond with the whale creature was, was, was really cool. You know, it's just a really fun, um, almost teenage coming of age, you know, sequence or, or moments there. And that's, what's crazy about this. That's, that's why this movie was three over three hours yeah. long was because you had a full narrative arc for Loak. You had a full narrative arc for Jake Sully and his family. Yeah. Uh, you had a full arc for the Colonel. Like they, they just gave so much time for each of these people in here. Um, that it, that's why it kind of necessitated 
this length of movie. You could have made any one of these storylines like a, a movie much to smaller part of it, and they could have spent the majority of the time with Jake. But I think that's what was so cool is I think they realized like, I mean, you can spend more time with Jake, but where are you going to take him for an entire film? It's like, oh, well, let's give more time to these new characters, just adding new characters we didn't know before and giving them more time. Although Zoe's Saladana's character and Tiri, you just get, she's not in this very much at all. Like she's a very small piece of it. In fact, in some of the trailers, I thought they were going to kill her off. I was certain that from the trailers and some of the moments that they had, I thought they were going to like um, take her, take her character out of this, but then spoiler, spoiler, she makes it through all the way. So I thought she might be might be the one to die in this. I, I, and she probably has the moment that it probably left me most conflicted. The moment where like she th- like almost kills Spider just to get yeah. her child. That I ah, just felt so weird. It was so conflicting to me. It was like I don't know. Like you, I I felt like that's not who she is. It it felt out of place with the character. But then all at the same time, it felt okay. Uh, a wounded mother, like who's just lost a child. Watch out! Like you don't know what she's willing to do in those moments. So it kind of made sense, but it was still really hard. It was really hard. That scene was really hard to watch. It almost took her back to the earliest stages of Avatar One. Sure, that version of herself, like, kind of came out of came out of herself, where she's like, "I will do whatever it is that I can," and these human beings are now threatening my family, and I will do whatever I can to save it. So I, I got it, and it was definitely crucial for Spider to then save the Colonel, like. Like and he was Spider was already kind of weary of Natiri. Like he's kind of like hiding from her to some some to some degree. Um, yeah, no that that there's just so many great there's so many interesting characters in this film. I didn't even realize this, so I got on IMDb that Kate Winslet is yeah. the chief of the, the 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 wife of the chief of the water people, uh-huh. and she learned how to she learned how to hold her breath for seven minutes underwater to film. She- all of this stuff. That's crazy. Previously, Tom Cruise held the record for holding your breath the longest on film. And she took the record from Tom Cruise. And he's already talking about it. He's already planning his next film too. I know. I, there's gotta be an underwater. There's gotta be a underwater feature. I gotta be there. Seven (laughs) 30. Um, yeah, like there's so many characters in this. And, and I think one of the things that was, what we loved about Avatar, the first one, is that you just stumbled into this whole new world, right? Just immersive world, yeah. Immersive world. I, and you like, I just want more of that. Like, just let me get lost in this dream world. And what he does really well in this is just, okay, you want more of this world? Boom. Let me throw the doors wide open. And let me give you a buffet of characters to see this world through um, and then by teasing it with just kind of like these island water people, you're going, oh, what? Well, what other parts of Pandora are we going to visit now? Like Desert. that's <laughs> I'm intrigued. Like I'm uh, like, OK, where are we going to go now with all of this? Um, yeah, this this gave me this is this is I felt very similar to what um, when I walked out of Top Gun Maverick, where I'm going, thank you. Like. This is the stuff I want to come to the theater to see. I want to be blown away. Like, I want 
to want to pay the extra money to go see it in IMAX, knowing that it will deliver, you know, knowing that it will be worth it. Whereas I left Maverick going, I felt like I just got off a roller coaster. Sure. There were definitely some roller coastery moments in this. This felt more like I was just on one of those like underwater conveyor belt, like the like the people movers where you're just watching the sharks and everything swim over top of you and stuff like that. Both both left me going, this is why you go to the movie theater, but also like a little bit different of a shade. I I, I can see why there's there's a strong difference in leaving the theater with this, but both of them like, this is why we love movies, right? Like Right. I miss this. And I I um I look forward to the day you get to see the Pandora land at Disney's Animal Kingdom at Disney World. Cause there are just one, the ride there, the flight of passage, which is like soaring on steroids. It's like soaring <laughs> over Pandora. Um yeah, it just it it gives you all of these things and and after watching this movie, I'm like, oh, I want to go back to that place. Like they've built the floating mountains and everything in person. Um, yeah, like this is a world that you want to like I want more of now. Like, OK, yep. I was a little skeptical, like you're going to do five mo- movies out of all of this. Uh, will this hold? Um, I walked out of this going, yep. Give it all to me. Like, if you're going to stay at that level, if you're going to keep going at that level, let's do this. Let's let's do a whole immersive world of, of Avatar. I'm I'm ready to go. But they said it has to be the, what, second or third highest grossing film of all time to be able to sustain because it is the most expensive movie ever made. This movie is the most expensive movie ever made. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Is it just because it spent? Because this was initially supposed to come out four hundred and sixty million dollars to make this movie, and a lot of that is probably I don't know. Are they count? I'm sure they are, but like counting basically pre-production from 2009 because they didn't green they didn't greenlight a second film until they saw did people actually like the first one? So you think about this being in pre-production from basically 2010. It was supposed to come out in 2014 and they pushed it and they pushed it and they so pushed I it. So I saw I saw an interview with John Landau who's the producer on this and he said they did not even discuss a sequel until 2 years after. Like they didn't even have a conversation. They were just kind of like let it be. Yeah, so 2011 start they started getting, talking start about rumors. it. And initially it was like they they said that initially there was around a 2014 mm-hmm. date for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it just kept pushing, and then 2019, and then 2020, well, and said, the pandemic. And he, uh, James Cameron, said, "I didn't want to embark on the sequel until I knew exactly what it was that audiences latched onto so much in the first. Hmm. And so he hired a full writers' room to like go back and do like an autopsy on the original. Interesting." And crack it and go, okay, what really was the piece that resonated? And one of the things that they said was, Avatar allows you to dream with your eyes open. It's a good line, Eddie. Isn't it a great line? Um, and so the the film, like everything like really kicked off in 2017. They worked on this movie for five years. But they also have all of three fully shot. It's in post-production right now. 
and they have half of four um, shot uh, ready to enter production. They're just waiting. So apparently three could, they could make it a trilogy of like these just bomb and they're like, nope, we're not going to keep going. He said he's, he has it set up in such a way where he, he could kind of tag this in and that could be the close or they can extend Some out the five. endings. I like that. Avatar 3 is set to come out December 20th, 2024, so two years from now. And Avatar 4, same time frame, December of 2026, is the current release dates that are out there. Um, the original the original film, like we've said, it's the highest grossing film of all time, and that's partially due to staying in theaters for ha- like basically a year after it yeah. came out subsequent re-releases over and over again they just brought it back recently um opening weekend of its uh, in 2009 it made 77 million dollars 80 percent of that was from 3d audiences that was the big 3d craze when it came out way of water they were it actually underperformed what they were expecting. It still made $134 million domestic. They were thinking, they were hoping around 175, but that they, they're like, we're going to make up a lot of difference over just buzz growing for it. But it made $434 million worldwide in its opening weekend. Um, $134 million, just to give you context, it still domestically is only the fifth highest grossing film of the year just opening box office weekend it's the same as batman but i don't know if it's going to get to the number one film of all time but i have after seeing it and just word of mouth like i've been telling people it's been fantastic i think it's going to definitely do really well and still grow and grow and grow it'll be interesting to see if it can it's I'm guessing it'll get over a billion dollars, um, which would put it in about the same range as um, um, Top Gun, Maverick, and uh, um, uh, Doctor Strange was about nine hundred million. It'll be really interesting to see if it'll oh, reach please, a billion and go. Please over. let it beat Doctor Strange, please, <laughs> please, uh, for all that's good and holy in this world. Um, yeah, I, I I think this will have a long run. I, we don't have, we have Ant-Man coming out in February, right? Like, is that the next, pull up your magic Excel oh, spreadsheet, JB. You know I have it. Um, Ant-Man is definitely I, the next big film that's coming out. Um, excuse me. It's really, it's Ant-Man, and then we don't have anything till March, really. Shazam 2 comes out then uh the mario film in april which is big in our household and then guardians in may 6th like it's got time to got make time up to, to make up to make up its film uh, its movie uh money before we get to may where inevitably it goes guardians well, and fast 10 and little mermaid and spider-man and, and, and transformers this, and stuff this movie got the coveted um release in the chinese market which is yes. really hard for western films to get 50 million alone in china which is and nuts yeah so i i think this will have long legs i think this will have really long legs internationally uh, this is a movie that plays really well to international markets so even if it doesn't do as amazing domestically i think over the long run you're just going to see this this is going to rake in some cash 
I hope it does because I I genuinely want to see more Avatar movies. So do I. If this if they stay at this level, let alone you know even more so, um, yeah, give them to me. I'm I'm all in now. Couple couple random notes in here. One, I just want to say, loved seeing Jemaine Clement in there as Doctor Garvin, uh, the the whale, um, the guy who knows all about them. It's kind of a weird Marine character, biologist. and he wasn't really funny, so that made me a little sad because Jemaine Clement is one of the funniest people, funniest people in ever. all of movies. Love them, so it was a little weird. I was like, oh, Jemaine. It was like, oh, he's not doing Jemaine things. That was sad. But the way that he delivers that character like makes those sequences even more heartbreaking. Yeah. He's kind of a conflicting character because he's yeah. like there and he's getting research done. They kind of say allude like, oh, this is how we're paying for your research anyways. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, but it was cool seeing him, but even though he's kind of a weird character, but here I got two questions for you. One, what was your favorite new character? So we'll start there. New, new, not new character, new creature, your favorite new creature. Oh, I really liked the, um, yeah, I, I really liked the, uh, the little, like what I would say the Pandoran dolphins. I can't remember <laughs> what the name of it was. Yeah. Um, but how they learn how to ride on those and everything. I thought that was, those were really cool. I thought it was amazing. The, um, long beaked, uh, like with the, like the, the, the long snout with like the, the teeth that, that were also flying in underwater. That was a great, but like it can like switch, like hover on top of the water, man. That was, that, that was, was really it cool. was one of the best moments from the trailers, but even seeing them, uh, in action, they are so much like, um, all of the winged creatures from the, um, from the initial one, like such a good, like hybrid, um, also love just like the little nuances of the web, the bigger webbed hands and the tail and yes. even just the slight discoloration between, um, the different tribes or it's like the darker blue for, um, uh, Natiri's tribe. And then the water tribe, it's like more of this like tealish color. I enjoyed like the Aqu- little aquamarine. aquamarine. Yes. Um, so that was one of my first questions. And the second question is, will this win any Oscars? this year um and even get nominated i think it's it's gonna clean up all of the technical categories but i don't think it will i don't think it'll get um like best picture cameron may get a best director nomination um yeah did avatar what did what did avatar get that year no avatar swept all of the um the uh the technical categories it was nominated for Best Picture, and he was nominated for Best Director. Was that the one where but he lost the, out to his wife in his the Hurt ex-wife. Locker? Yeah, he lost out to his, his ex-wife in the Hurt Locker. Um, so, yeah, I think there's enough other, like, really, like, classic Oscar films coming out this year that I more, don't more. think it's it's not going to get it. I mean, one of those being Spielberg's uh, The Fableman, which still I'm have, really excited to see. I still but haven't, I haven't seen it yet. It's, uh, I don't know when it'll get a wide release. Um, so yeah, I doubt it. I wonder if we're going to get a kind of a similar, let me predict this now. It'll be like five years till it happens longer, but, um, it's going to be like Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson. They're going to wait until like the very last one and almost like honor it on behalf of all of those. That would be my guess. I agree with you on the Oscars stuff on the predictions of it will get. I bet you it probably will get nominated. Maybe. 
I just don't know that they care to do that kind of a thing anymore to like honor a series of films. I just, I think that they're going to be like big ticket blockbuster. We don't care. Give us our weird avant-garde. This is why nobody watches the Oscars anymore because it's, they're nominating movies that nobody actually goes and watch. Like the average audience goer doesn't see these movies. Any last words, Eddie, that you have to say? How did they ever find out that that whale hormone in its brain extends human life? Like that's the element where I'm like, wait, hold on. (laughs) How did you figure that one out? Like who's the guy that goes, I wonder what that tastes like, you know? And like, wait, no, no, don't put that in your mouth. Whoa, he just de-aged by 20 years. Ooh, let's start hard. Like, how did this, like, how did you discover this? Like, how did you figure that out? It is a very specific, weird thing for a very small vial of it. Yeah. And like the process of extracting it and everything, I'm sitting there going. They got very specific uh about the whaling whaling in in Pandora. And you're going, how did you figure this out the first time? That's what I want to know. Who drank this? Yeah. <laughs> and with that, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcast. And while you're there, give us a five star review and share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list as we continue to go through all of the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005. And after a week off for the holidays, we will be back to our normally scheduled program as we are going to review the hotly requested, really a lot of people dying for a review about this one. JB's favorite. My favorite, which is the Lizzie McGuire movie. Thank you for listening. And remember, wherever we go, this family is our fortress.